Yeah. Weird. I just did something, so I hope that fixes it. I had to reset my mic in, uh, in XSplit because my mic has been giving me issues and I'm going to have to get it replaced, probably. So, yeah. That's Yay. Great. Yay. To be fair, I do use this mic a lot. So, it it was time. I think it's time. I've been using this since we did Four Idiots. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that was... <laughs> That was two houses ago for me, and I've been here for two years. That was a house ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that, 2012 at the very latest? 11 or 12, somewhere in there. That probably went in 2011, actually. Yeah, it probably 2011, you're right. Yeah, 20, like, yeah 2011 or 2012, because I, I moved into this place in 2013. Okay, at, yeah. At the At the end. Yeah, so somewhere in there. So four to five years, roughly, of doing something with this mic every week, at least. This mic has seen a long, hard road. <laughs> it's ready to be put to rest. But we're not yet, because this is a top-down perspective welcome. I don't know how to make that transition any better. Uh, I'm Paul. With me is John. Yo. As we... I apologize in advance. I might be sick. My throat's shot, so that's why I look a little out of it. From all the screaming? At PAX, mm -hmm. where you were mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how was that? Talk about PAX. Was it great? It was good. It was good. It was a PAX. <laughs> great. That, that's the best way to put it, really. Um, yeah. I played two games there, and I keep forgetting the name of the second one. Every single time I've thought of it, the name escapes me. How often did you go to the console room? Classic console? Yeah. Daily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you probably played more than two games there, but they're older. Yeah, and they all would have been like challenge stuff mainly, like Silver Surfer and Mario 3 and stuff like that, Uniracers. Did you get any trophies or medals or anything this year? Uh, I got one. For what? I uh, Getting second place in Uniracers. I got shot down nonstop in everything I did. People were gunning for you? Oh, man. Um, I had Silver Surfer because I know that game well. Uh, then, like, to a point where the guy running the challenge is like, "All right, you need to do this specific stage and get a high score because I know you can probably beat the game." So I did that, and then someone else was everyone else was allowed to do any other stage, and it ends up uh, scores depend on what stage you're on. Okay. And the one I was the one I was stuck with had the lowest score, so I had to go back and redo the challenge, and then people just found out how to grind out how to get points without getting hit, so it turned into basically just sitting at one of the bosses and grinding out the winning score. Hmm. So I said fuck it and just went and do something else. Yeah. There's a lot to do there, so yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, Mario 3 turned into the same thing. It was speedrun world 1-1. Okay. And and then it was, if it was a tie in time, then it's a tie, then it's broken by coins, and if it's a tie in coins, it's broken by score. Okay. And when I left, I had max time, 10 coins and a slightly higher score and then apparently I got beaten by two coins later on oh shit <laughs> Ikaruga sucks. Ikaruga was just get the high score on uh, the first stage okay which I set a, I set an okay score right off the bat but I had to go to my panel and by the time the panel was done and everything was done it was too late to go back so I lost that uh, Uniracers I sat down for a while and just competed against another guy we kept going back and forth I got second place on that which is how I got a medal Okay. The Saturn Bomberman tournament, I got second place again two years in a row. Nice. 
but that doesn't get you any medals. So mm, that's too yeah. bad. Yeah, and then like in the mini game tournament, I got knocked out in a 3D Bomberman. So okay, cool. Yeah. So it was well, a PAX. <laughs> it was a PAX. People were doing a whole bunch of stuff, and you were playing classic games, trying to beat other people. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got to find your hobby somewhere, man. It's true. Because like most of the games there, I didn't really want to play because I'd either seen the ones I wanted to see at E3 or mm-hmm. just didn't care about them. Or and like s- they're out and you could play it in the comfort of your own home sort of thing. That's what I usually yeah. find with like There were packs. so many games that were like out in a week that were demoed there. Yeah. Did you take a look at the Indie Mega booth or any of that stuff? I'm always interested in what they're doing. I did and there was one game there that I really liked but I can't for the life of me remember what it's called. What was it's it? Like, it's like uh, it was a puzzle game, a competitive puzzle game where you had to remove three pieces of the same color in a row and then just keep doing that to, so- to clear out the entire puzzle. Okay. But if, if you picked up the wrong color, um, the whole board reset. So it was a race to see who could keep doing that the fastest and get like three wins. It was lo- something like Tumble Something. It was looked very similar to Magical Drop. I can never remember the name of it every single time. Hmm. But it was really, really enjoyable. I'm sure somebody in the chat will be able to fill us in because they're yeah. infinitely smarter than we are. Well, I'm even looking at the pack schedule now because I know it had an actual official tournament. Also, speaking of chat, I saw that Golden Geek. What the hell was his name now? Tumblestone. I, Tumblestone. Okay, I'm yeah. going to check that out after. Golden Tails Geek is saying that it's his 29th birthday, so happy birthday. Happy birthday, dude. There's your shout out. You owe us money now, by the way. But we it's okay because it's your birthday, That's so you're probably works. getting like a card with like twenty dollars from your grandma or something. I'll tell you the PayPal address you can just send that to. Actually just send it to John's P.O. box. Actually don't wow. do that. Don't actually wow. do that. Wow. 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 I, I have to put a disclaimer wow. in every time I say anything because people will do anything. <laughs> don't do that. Seriously. Enjoy it. Go buy half a game or something i don't know all in all though how did your panel go i'm interested like there's always one problem you say with each uh panel uh this oh we this year we had two one right right before it started and then one near the tail end of it uh tail end of it was the game the panel crashes uh sometimes if too many commands are written in it just straight up crashes okay so uh usually i have it built in so that like it it works just exactly for the hour length but this time it crashed a little early okay. we had some solid contestants this time around oh really yeah nice. so we went through a lo- we went through a lot of options a lot more than usual and I, I think i eased up the questions a little bit too much you're still trying to find that balance huh it's hard man some of them some I of the questions, questions. I, had, <laughs> I had questions come up that people in the audience were like oh come on and then the audience mem- the contestant would be like i don't know the answer and then everyone would freak out the mega man one is the mega man kid is what i'm thinking about that's uh one of them uh the tetris you mean the tetris kid you said pokemon no that was another one uh, that's yeah that sounds like it could lead to a bad time for that kid <laughs> yeah the tetris theme started playing and the kid excitedly yelled pokemon and then the audience kind of, like, booed him. I understand where that comes from, though. Like, first of all, you're under pressure, and people are listening to you. 
But more importantly, like when you hear something and you instantly recognize it, you just want to go for like your gut feeling, even though if you think about it for a second, you'll you'll be able to pinpoint it a little bit better. So I always feel bad for the kids like that that are so excited because they think they know the answer and they're just off. I it's heartbreaking <laughs> every time, but kind of funny at the same time. Mm. That Mega Man kid, though, I felt so bad for him. Holy shit, people were mad. <laughs> oh, man, one of the questions one of the contestants got was, uh, how many kids... excited because they think they know the answer, and they're just off. I It's heartbreaking <laughs> every time, but kind of funny at the same time. Mm. That Mega Man kid, though, I felt so bad for him. Holy shit, people were mad. <laughs> oh, man, one of the questions one of the contestants got was... Uh, how many Chaos Emeralds are there in most Sonic games? Mm-hmm. And he had never played a Sonic game before. Did he just guess? He guessed and he got it right. Oh, nice. But okay. Like, but the uh, the audience was just like, like freaking out. I had to say multiple times, audience be nice. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Amazing. So it was, it was live streamed out too. So I think they were saying they had about huh. 6,000 people watching online, which was good for the time slot we had. That uh, Has that happened before? Has it been live streamed? Yeah. This is the second time. The second time. Okay. First time was PAX East last year. Oh, okay. And that, and that was the one where like none of the consoles wanted to work. Oh, of course. <laughs> How much more pressure does it add on you just knowing that like not only is there a room full of people that like maybe might be a bit more understanding because it's hard to be like a dick to somebody's face unless you're just a sociopath. But like knowing that the internet is probably yelling <laughs> about something too. Does it add, like, another layer of pressure on you? Like, oh, this has to go well if it's going to be streamed. Yeah, definitely did the first time. Yeah. This time wasn't nearly as bad, but still. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, before the show even started, uh, I added Steam games to the challenge list this year. Oh, okay. So I had a bunch of Steam games snuck in there. Like what? And, uh, uh, well, only one of them came up, so I'm only going to say that one. And that was... uh, Aben Hawkins and a thousand and one spikes. Oh, you're mean. <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, you're a terrible person. I like. I it. gave the I gave the guy five lives and he had to get through stage two one, which was the first stage in the original thousand spikes. If you remember that, I don't because like when we played that, it was on indie. It was an Xbox indie game that nobody yeah. had heard of. So. Yeah, exactly. So, it, but it was that very first stage of that game. So he almost got to the end. That's but, not the uh, one with the alternating timed spikes, right? God, no, I'm not that evil. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's just that's the one that came to mind. I'm sorry. I thought about that. I'm like, no, no, that'll just piss everyone off. <laughs> but I had that brutal. on there, and I had, and I had a bunch of multiplayer ones on there that uh, just never came up. We only had like one audience challenge this year, I think. As soon as we go offline, you're going to tell me what else is there, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. I'm really stoked to hear this, but okay, cool. Yeah, but. So we added Steam games this year, but uh, for some reason, the drivers I picked, because uh, I was using PS3 controllers, mm-hmm. I forgot to pick the ones that don't work without an internet connection, so only one controller was working, and the second one wouldn't read. Oh, so we no. had a hot, hot, spot, that hot spot off of someone's phone for internet long enough to get the drivers, and then it worked. That's amazing. That was, like, was like five minutes like over when we should have started. It was ridiculous. Shout out to whoever's internet you were <laughs> hijacking. That, that would have been Massey's, so she'll okay. save my butt on that one. There you go. And Reese also saved my butt on this one because I was using her laptop because uh, we had a tech issue at 
Con Bravo with my old like Windows XP laptop. Is it the same um, video problem that you've had a few times, where no. like it doesn't connect to whatever they have? No, it was a different one. Okay. Uh, at Con Bravo, it was a problem where uh, it would get picture, but it would be too dark to see. Mm. For on the projector for some reason, so we had to like set it up so that only this I couldn't split the signal. I had to make sure it only went to the projector, and then it looked fine. But I'm not convinced that was actually a problem with my laptop. I think that was just their uh, their cords or their projector. Reese was saying you played Lethal League too. Oh shit, she's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so Lethal League was uh, one of my challenges. Oh, to face you in Lethal League. Yeah, I've been there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that's that's bullshit, man. Don't you have a yeah. plaque? Uh, I do from one of the Calgary <laughs> events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a bullshit challenge, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it? Uh, we had four audience challenges this time, around, or four TRG challenges this time around. Two were me, one was uh, Tim, and one was Emil. What was the other one, or were they both Lethal League? Uh, one was Lethal League. The second one was Bomberman Five. Okay. And then Tim's was defeat bomb man without dying, Buster only. Okay. And Emil's was a one-on-one Pokemon battle. Wow. That's yeah. actually a cool idea. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they went. It was in Pokemon Stadium. So, like, they each had, like, the starter set. So, like, they had, I think, Emil's group was, like, Charmander, Pikachu, Bulbasaur, et cetera. So, a bunch of, like, the main starters. And then there was, like, secondary equivalents on the second player. Mm-hmm. And I forget which ones got picked, but basically the other player got to go first. They had the, uh, the weakness that Emil had. So like, I think he was water and they were lightning or something equivalent. Mm-hmm. He got a critical hit and killed him very first move. Emil didn't get to do anything. <laughs> it was Amazing. really funny. That's so it was good. really funny. Actually, it was like, flame, yeah, it was Charmander with flamethrower versus something grass. Probably. I'm going to have to check Oddish, this out. I'm definitely going to yeah, have to I, check that out. I'll see if I can find the uh, the vlog for it because it was on Pax's channel. Okay, yeah. I mean, we can do that after. But um, I just realized we're doing a podcast and people are listening, so maybe <laughs> we should <laughs> talk about what games we've been playing. Yeah, I mean, technically, we talked about the panel. That was Pax-related, so. Yeah, you're right. You know what? We're, we're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing a great job. We're doing a great job right now. All right, so at PAX, I, I played Tumblestone, which mm-hmm. was a really cool puzzle game. Um, they actually did a tournament tournament for it too, but I think it was during another tournament I entered or something like that, so I couldn't make it. I'm just going to add Tumblestone to your list here. Yo, can I also say, there was a Mario Strikers tournament at PAX. Okay. I, I forgot how fun that game was, and I kind of want to play it again. Okay, sure. Not Yeah, not Strikers Charge, but just straight up normal Strikers. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? Yeah, I got them both. Let's do it. All right. Why not? <laughs> it's like it's just Mario Soccer, basically. It's just like super goofy fun. I think we had it in the tournament. Both matches up and were like super close. One was seven four. The other one was seven six. So like I barely lost in the last one. Hmm. And those were five minute matches. Now, if only we could be that good in Rocket League, <laughs> we if might only. have we'll, something. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. We, yeah, we have to work on they, that. They had a major. I have been talking so much shit. Oh my god, Paul. <laughs> So much shit has been talked. <laughs> but, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, they had a major Rocket League tournament packs too. Oh, yeah. No, it's becoming an actual eSport, and I'm so yeah. stoked for that. It It's super cool. Yeah, for sure. 
I think the grand prize at the PAX tournament was like a custom PS4. That was like that was like Rocket League's themed and everything, even the controller. There's a gif I have to show you of a guy hitting the ball off the wall and following it across the field in the air, hitting it and doing tricks and then scoring. And it Amazing. makes me so mad. <laughs> Amazing. Like, it makes me not want to play that game ever again because <laughs> I'm a, I'm so far out of any competitive, like, like, playing field at all. I'm screwed. People are doing tricks in the air across the whole field and scoring. There's no way. Ugh. Whatever. Anyways, um, so Tumblestone, I got to look into that. That sounds interesting. That sounds fun. I don't know when that's coming out, but it was really good. Cool. Uh, otherwise, I played Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Mirror's Edge 2. Okay. I didn't realize that was open world. I haven't been following the development of it. I, I don't like Mirror's Edge <laughs> at all, so I'm not following it at all. No, fair enough. Um, I still enjoy that. I think it's cool. Okay. So had, what makes like, this special? What's the cool thing in this one? Um, I mean, there's nothing really different besides the open world. It just takes place, I think, is it half a month or half a year to a year later? Okay. And it's, it's like a direct follow-up. Okay. And, yeah, uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, the, uh, all I remember is like you, there were, uh, you're just like a new group in power or something like that you're trying to deal with. There's a bunch of new like runners that are there. They had all these different challenges that you had to do. Like, all right, now you got to... Like run to this a certain time point at a certain time. You have to take out these enemies and like move a capsule from one place to another. And I forget what the third challenge even was. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Is this one you're going to be looking more into when it comes out? Yeah, I'll definitely get it. I really enjoyed Mirror's Edge 1, even though I'm not the best at it. I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, there's no gunplay. So I don't know. But like at the same time, all I was doing for fighting was like tapping the X button. And I'd either jump off like a railing to grab them or I'd like do a, like a scripted combo. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, it looks like it'll be a good one at least. I'm, I'm glad it's getting a sequel. Hopefully it's uh, it fixes the problems the first one had. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a lot of problems with it. It was just a personal preference thing, though. I thought it played fine for what it was. I just don't like first-person platformy stuff. So parkour stuff never... Well, I mean, it's still more or less the same of that, so if yeah. you didn't then, I can't see you suddenly changing your mind. Yeah, I probably won't, but I could see the appeal of it. Like, it's a slick-looking game. Like, the presentation's always been really nice. I just don't like it. I can't get into them myself, but I don't know. I mean, for people, I know a lot of people wanted more Mirror's Edge, and this sounds like that's what this is. It really is, just with, like, an open-world spin on it, so... Cool. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think it's worth a pickup. Cool. Uh, other than that, that's really been it. I've been playing my usual of Record Keeper, Picross, and Shuffle. Uh, I picked up a game that you've played. And okay. I, I think that you've played, and I want to talk about. Haven't had a chance to play it yet. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you some stuff about this. Yeah. First off. I did not play Ground Zeroes. Okay. How much am I missing out on? I do have it, but I just have not played it. Like, literally nothing. I mean, the big thing you're missing out on is if you have Ground Zeroes on PC, you could use that as, like, a demo to see if you can run Phantom Pain, basically. <laughs> but I'm fi- I figure you're going to be playing it on PS4. 
Correct. Yeah. Um, you're not missing a whole lot. Anything that you are missing, like, plot-wise, you can look up a video on YouTube if you want to, and that's fine. Or there are, like, audio tapes or logs or whatever you want to call them in this game that kind of explain a lot of shit that's happened in the past, like some mm-hmm. briefings and whatnot. Like, like, I never played Peace Walker, so I feel like I'm going to miss a lot, but I feel like Phantom Pain might also fill in some of those gaps. Or not Phantom Pain, Ground Zeroes. Hmm... Ground Zeroes is literally like a two-hour tech demo. So yeah. Now. <laughs> really? Okay. It's kind of... So I'll tell you what I don't like about Phantom Pain so far. And it's a to- total personal preference thing on my part. And it's the thing I didn't like about, about Ground Zeroes and whatnot as well. Is I don't like just being thrown into a map and then there's like there's a bunch of different objectives. Go, Snake, go. And then, like you don't like you don't like open worlds. That's basically what I've been hearing. This is I don't generally like open worlds. That's not to say I hate all of them because I'm going to be talking about one in a bit here that I really like so far. Um, what I like in Metal Gear is I like the setup of the th- almost like three to twenty act structure, whatever Hideo Kojima feels like doing in the game at that current time, where it kind of starts off with like. Your mission is to do this. And, like, it's this giant mission that one man could not possibly do on his own. And as you're going, you're meeting a cast of weird characters and getting into trouble. And, like, a story's unfolding. Kind of like an interactive movie with parts that you're actually playing in between. I like that feel of it. A more directed experience. Whereas this feels much more in the, like, grind out dudes so you can build an army type game that's exactly what this game is and it's not that that's bad gameplay because i really enjoy that as well in other games it's just that for a metal gear game i have a precognition of what i want in the game to happen and this isn't Mm. it at all so that's why like i've decided that my real feeling on this game is that it is a great fucking game but it's one of the worst Metal Gear games. <laughs> if, Ooh, okay. if that I've makes heard sense. I've heard some weird, crazy shit happens in it though. Yeah, that weird, crazy shit is like <clears throat> in the first hour. It's actually oh. really intense. Like it happens throughout because, of course, it does. It's a Metal Gear game, but yeah. that first hour is intense in a way I don't think I was ready for at two in the morning after I got home from <laughs> a late shift. <laughs> like there is some. There's some shit going on, man, at that beginning. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, but I don't feel like that excitement has kept up for me because it's, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I've heard someone say, like, the first hour is crazy. Then it, like, calms down for, like, five, six hours. Yeah. And then it becomes crazy again. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing is that it's crazy and it's like okay i need to know what the hell's going on that part's all done great and then after that it is very slow and meticulous for hours because it's i guess it depends how you play these games i got like i should probably preface all of this by saying i'm the type of person that when i'm playing these games i try to go full stealth and if i get spotted i will restart the mission completely so one Ooh. mission, like the first actual mission where you're rescuing uh, Kazuhira Miller from the thing. Like, I, this is weird because I don't want to give too much away to you specifically or to anybody mm-hmm. listening that wants to pick it up. But one of the first things you do is rescue like an old compadre, your old partner. And uh, 
that mission took me about three hours <laughs> to do Jesus. because I like when I first got into that mission, I found a safe space on a rock, took my binoculars out and just watched for 40 minutes, everything that was going on. Like I will be, I play these games very slow, very meticulous until I've beaten it once and then I'll just go in and have fun and not care, which is why every time I play, like, Twin Snakes now, I try to go for stupid shit, like, seeing if I can let go of a grenade at the last second beside a dude or something, <laughs> like, because at this point, I don't care. I've seen the game, and I I don't have that need to have, like, no, this is, like, the best soldier at infiltrating in the world. He had this story has to work out perfectly. <laughs> Whereas, like, I will play a thing over and over until it is perfect. And it's driving me a little bit crazy because the set pieces in this are way bigger than before. And I feel like there are some spots where they almost expect you to, to just kind of hurry up and do it. But I'm not that type of person. Um, So... It's been kind of a letdown going from crazy, like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on in the first hour, to nothing for two hours, <laughs> two to three hours after that. But um, that might be my own fault. Like, like I said, it's one of these things that, like, a lot of people who have been loving this game, I find have said, I haven't played any of the other Metal Gear games, and I could definitely see that. I have played and loved all the other Metal Gear games. And that's why I don't think it's as good as some of those, like, for what I want from the game. But mm. that being said, it's very solid mechanically. And I'm sure it's going to be cra batshit crazy story-wise when I get, like, way more into it. But for now, it's kind of not holding my attention like another game that I have on this list has been, which I can and get to is? in a second. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I bought well, Mad Max. Okay. And that game is so fucking good. <laughs> It's not really? it's not supposed to be good. It's not supposed to be that good. Okay, think Arkham City. Okay. In a wasteland and instead of flying, you have a car that you upgrade to be just badass. Okay. That's this game. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so it plays very much like a Batman Arkham game. The combat is like the count parry i guess they call it not really counter in this attack do heavy attacks and blah blah blah. take on a bunch of dudes a little bit of gunplay but the gunplay hasn't been too crazy from what i've seen it's all focused around making these monster cars that just like can ram the shit out of dudes or like break down stuff or like harpoon down towers that snipers are in or like just roll across the waistline killing people or like getting away from people it is so so satisfying the way it does everything and i don't it doesn't have any right to be that fun at all <laughs> like it it just doesn't i it's you know the first time in borderlands when you get your um your vehicle and you're just like yeah this is great going through a wasteland and seeing like all these bandits and just like driving past them and shooting at them and stuff that's this whole <laughs> fucking game only this time you can put guns and bigger shit on your vehicle cool right <laughs> it's so, so it's, it's interesting because like it's a 71 right now on metacritic so I, really yeah so like well compared to metal gear that's got a 95 yeah i mean metal gear is the better game there's no mm. question about that 
but Mad Max is the more satisfying, just like shit show thrill ride game. So, and that's what I've been kind of more in the mood for lately. It's been kind of a weird thing, too, to go from Metal Gear Solid to Mad Max, where I'm very methodical, taking my time doing every little fucking thing and taking, like, so an hour to move up, like, a kilometer in the game to just being in a car and just, like, driving into a camp and just blasting everybody with a harpoon gun. You can shoot a dude out of his car with a harpoon gun and drag him behind you, John. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the Just Cause guy, so it kind of makes sense. It is basically Just Cause Mad Max Edition with Arkham Knight gameplay, like, or fighting. That does kind of sound cool. It's really, it's really good. It's so, so good. Uh, I don't really know what to say about it, though, because I've been doing a lot of the side stuff there's like a story or something that's going on and it's Max being an angry fella killing a bunch of dudes and trying to like his car got stolen basically. So he has to build a new vehicle with the help from this dude he met who is basically Smeagol or Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. He's kind of hunched back and like, yes, master, blah, blah, blah. Like just a weird little dude. And you're just creating your magnum opus, they call it, where it's just the car that you, like, turn from a rust bucket to eventually just be a death machine. And to get the unlocks to do that stuff, you kind of have to do, like, challenge modes and side stuff and story uh, stuff as well. So it's one of these carrot-on-the-stick games, which I'm not a huge fan of, but at the same time is really satisfying. Like, it makes you want to come back and do more to get the cooler thing for your car. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's... it, It's weird. It has a hold on me I wasn't expecting because I don't like open-world games that do this sort of thing at all. The setting alone is enough for admission for me though just going across like this sandy just crappy wasteland with a bunch of dudes you can kill and run over and get upgrades for your car uh, i don't know maybe i should just get like mechanic simulator or something something yeah. tells me it won't quite be the same uh, yeah probably not although like it made me realize max is basically dude from last of us that i can't remember his name and nathan drake and every other white protagonist ever joel joel yeah he is like every fucking white protagonist ever (laughs) he has like the same type of drab outfit of like a khaki shirt and jeans like dust covered with like the gun straps on his chest like he is just looks like the everyman in every fucking video game he's just ready for war but like yeah, I thought a cool thing is that you can buy upgrades to what you're wearing. So, like, you just start off wearing a shitty shirt, and then you can, like, upgrade that to a better shirt and jacket and stuff. So I'm super stoked to get to that. But um, I can't really talk too much about what goes on in it, though, because I need to play more. I need to unlock more stuff, and I need to shoot more guys with harpoon guns and throw them across the wasteland. <laughs> it's great. It's been great, though. Okay. I'm I'm mad that it came out the same day as Metal Gear Solid 5 though, because yeah. s- since our economy's in the shitter, like that was the most expensive gaming day I've had in years. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear itself was 75 You probably paid the same for uh, Mad Max. Uh, Mad Max was 62 online. Really? Yeah. Oh, online. Okay. Yeah, they're both on PC that I'm playing them on. Yeah, I think I paid 75 for Metal Gear. Yeah. Pimp My Ride Apocalypse Edition featuring Mad Max is probably the best way to play it. Oh, yeah. It. That, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. But, like, that's... How does that not sound awesome? <laughs> Honestly, it's so fucking good. Uh, what isn't very good is I bought Deadly Creatures on the Wii. <laughs> oh, my God. And um, that game, if you have arachnophobia, like, stay the fuck away from that game, first of all, because I don't have arachnophobia, and I think it's creepy. Just seeing, like, I don't like skitteriness, and that game is full of it because you play as spiders and scorpions and shit like that. And, um, the best part has been so far a boss fight with a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the worst thing about that game so far has been the terrible camera angles and control because it's. It was done when the Wii was, like, the gimmick novelty. It's a gimmick novelty game where, like, a lot of the stuff you do is by flicking your wrist a whole bunch. Uh. Yeah, and that doesn't translate well to what is essentially a third-person... Action game? Action game as a spider. Like, a third-person brawler <laughs> where you're beating up other spiders and beetles and shit. Did you say third-person brawler? Yeah, because it deals more with, like... Of course, melee combat moves and stuff. It's not like you have a gun. <laughs> so, you are fighting other stuff. Melee, hand-to-hand, -hand, or whatever a spider has. Tendons. Hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you fight a rattlesnake, and it's the stupidest fucking fight ever. <laughs> See, that sounds cool. It's stupid. It is basically a quick time event. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so not as cool. I'll just spoil what the fucking rattlesnake fight the first rattlesnake fight is, is that it lunges at you three times that you have to dodge and then it's like rattle the tail uh, with the rattle end or whatever, like falls down a little bit off the ledge it's on, and then you attack it because that's its weak spot, and then it gets mad and you have to do a quick time event to dodge it again. And then it, like, rams its head into a cactus <laughs> by trying to wow. attack you. This is the game with Billy Bob <clears throat> Thornton, right? Yep. Yep. There is an actual story going on about, like, dudes in the desert. And then it goes, then you're a spider. <laughs> it's just it sounds like, like one of those games you just want to see what happens <clears throat> next because it's such a dumb concept. Yeah, it's totally one of those games. I'm definitely going to play more of it. I just... That beginning is hilarious because it starts off with this stupid, like, cliche Wild West thing of, like, they call him the most dangerous guy, blah, 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 or whatever. And then there's, like, shit happening, and then you're a spider in a tunnel. <laughs> and that's how, like, you have to go play now. <laughs> it's a dumb fucking game. And I'm so glad I own it, but at the same time... I get a little sick playing it because the camera control kind of throws your vision around a lot because you're a spider in the beginning. So you're able to kind of crawl on walls and stuff and it flips around all weird and it's really gross. <laughs> it's really gross. But um, don't watch video of that if you do have actual phobias of like crawly things. 
because it will ruin your day. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit. So I don't know what else to say about that. I guess that's it then. Um, Sean put he played Tomb Raider Go. I played a little bit of that too, so I'm going to talk for him. It's okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was out. Yeah. I, I also have been playing a bunch of Pac-Man 256. I like it. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, yeah? How come? Um, I don't think it controls well for the platform it's on. I don't like the doing little swipes to control stuff. Like That's kind of why I like Crossy Road, where like to you do a little swipe to move left or right, and that's it. And then you just tap to move forward. In this, you have See, like different I, ways you can I didn't. Go. I was kind of like that at first. Then I realized you could just buffer your inputs, and then it wasn't an issue anymore. Yeah. I, like, I don't even like it in Crossy Road, though. I, the only thing I like for games is to control like this is a problem i have with tumor to go as well by the way is that oh, okay. i don't like doing little swipes as my like the method to control i would actually and this isn't even a joke i would actually prefer a little like d-pad area a digital d-pad to like mm. rock around like one thumb to move in a game than have to like move my finger in weird directions across my screen. I don't like it very much. Unless it's another game I've been playing called Monster Strike, in which case, that game is like pool, and that's fun. <laughs> what? Okay, so Monster Strike. It is... It's one of these, like, pet battle-type games or whatever where you <laughs> have different pocket monsters, let's say. What? <laughs> but instead of being monsters... They're balls. Like, they're curled up into balls, and they have different elemental powers and shit. And what you do is you pull them back, and then you let go, like you're slingshotting them, and then they bounce around the screen, and whatever they hit, they do damage to. And you can upgrade them and evolve them and do all that stuff. It's real good. <laughs> this sounds like a Game Boy Color game that Capcom put out, Metal Robot or Metal something like that. The whole idea was like you were in like a square room and you had a robot that you just launched around that and whatever you crashed into, we did damage to. This is, yeah, you're right. That sounds exactly like that, only mixed with Pokemon. Mm. So if you want to play that, it's out on iOS and Android and it's free. That is a free game. I just like how that plays where you're just flicking a ball around. Like, I, there's something really cathartic about it and just like hitting into other enemies in balls and they explode or like even when you hit your own allies <coughs> I'm sorry uh, when you hit your ally balls or whatever they shoot out lasers or do like a little explosion thing like they have effects too so you can use that to your advantage and like knock into your ally to like shoot a laser across the screen that'll kill two guys at one time maybe interesting it's really really fun yeah. Speaking of mobile games that are fun, I forgot Triple Triad is officially available now on, on iAndroid and iOS. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Triple Triad is the card game from uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, right. We talked about this like two weeks ago, I think, right? Yeah, it's officially on there now. and uh, You're addicted. I Well, I like Triple Triad, but then I forgot that some of the rule sets suck on Triple Triad. Like, there's the one rule set where if you put down a certain card and it's got, like, a, if both sides of it add up, it'll flip the next, it'll flip those two cards and then it'll do the same thing for the cards around it. So, I've like, my all my losses against AI have so far been when I'm not paying attention and then they get the last card put down, I'm winning seven to, 
like seven to two, and then suddenly I lose eight to one because they one card flipped the entire field. Hmm. Also, it's it's fucking uh, stamina based. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna just close my phone for now. Then we'll revisit this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still fun, but. To fight the AI and get cards, you have to use a crystal, and you only get five. Well, if you get five crystal to recharge, and you can get a bunch for like winning and doing side quests. Hmm. Well, if we want to talk card games, I guess I'll just bring up that I play Card Hunter on Steam. What? Free to what? play. Yeah. What? Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know I'm in, that. Yeah. In all seriousness, what Card Hunter is? It's basically like an encounter in Dungeons and Dragons where you like you'll have a party. And you can choose what move they do based on, like, what cards are drawn in your hand for that part. Like, it starts you off in the tutorial with a wizard, a warrior, and uh, I think a cleric or something like that. Like, a healing class of some sort. And um, you, like, have a move turn, and then you can play cards to do, like, an attack or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird, but it's fun. I just thought I'd bring that up because that game is actually free to play. You can just download that and play that. And I haven't run into why it's free to play. Like, I haven't really gone to see if there's a marketplace where you can buy better cards or moves or something. It's probably in there, but I will never do that <laughs> for that game. I'm not addicted to it in any way. I just thought it was a fun little thing that you could try out. If you like that sort of thing, I just had to one up you and your card game. <laughs> you did it. I've got nothing else to bring up. Yeah, honestly, I'm reaching for straws. I played Marvel Heroes again for the first time for an hour, and that game is Diablo. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to news. So, I didn't add any of this news in here, so we're going to be finding out about this at the same time. <laughs> Hooray! Mortal Kombat X is officially canceled for the 360 and PS3 because of course I, it is. Yeah, I'm honestly shocked that it was even still a question at this point. It like to me it wasn't. Why would it be on those, right? Yeah. Like, like let's be honest here, guys. That game barely ran well on good computers. It's not going to run at all on <laughs> the 360 and PS3. That is a really nice game. So I don't think they could dumb it down enough. It's probably their problem. Also, probably no money, really, and like. Yeah, here's the official statement here. Um, one mm -hmm. sec. After months of development, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment has come to the regrettable <clears throat> conclusion that we cannot release Mortal Kombat X for PS3 and 360. Please know our teams work diligently to make the quality standards set by the current gen versions of the game. We were not able to get the PS3 and 360 versions to the quality expected of a Mortal Kombat game and are very sorry for not being able to deliver the products as originally planned. They couldn't dumb it down enough. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Without it like looking like shit or being shitty, I'm guessing. So good on them. That's a good decision to make. If something does not work on something, you should probably not release it for money. That's just good business, I think. Uh, Nintendo is now selling digital codes for games on Amazon. Did they not do that before? No. I guess they never did, did they? No. Interesting. I kind of I mean, don't care about this, but what do you think? To be fair, think? for a while, Amazon seemed like they were like against Nintendo for a while. There was this weird mm. thing where Amazon removed a bunch of their Nintendo products, so you couldn't buy like new 3DSs off of, or uh, like 3DSs period, off of Amazon for some reason. 
but I guess that's since been worked out. Was that like was this a Nintendo thing though, or was it because um, they couldn't like keep up with any demand or something? Because I know there was a while there where people were pre-ordering amiibos and 3DSs a lot and causing like a lot of shit by basically um, going to eBay and reselling them after. Like maybe Nintendo didn't want them. Like Nintendo wanted maybe better control over what products are sold. Probably it's probably a mix of that. I'm I'm sure there was some political reason for it. Yeah, probably. So you can buy codes now, I guess. Which is weird because you can already do that on the stores. Yeah. Well, I guess the idea is like <clears throat> they don't always put their games in for pre-order on on either system, so now you can do that. Mm-hmm. Which I guess makes sense. I don't know. It makes sense. I'm sure people will use it. It's just not for me. Yeah. It's not at all for me either, but that's cool. Ace Attorney 6 was announced. How stoked are you? Um, I'd be more stoked if I had finished 5 or 4. Or? No, that that's actually where I okay. stopped. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could say Ace Attorney Investigations featuring Miles Edgeworth. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I'm excited. It's just I don't know if... I have the commitment to sit down and do a Phoenix Wright game anymore. That's, That's the only kicker. I really, really like what I've been playing of like trilogy so far, and oh, I, the trilogy's phenomenal. And I still don't have the commitment to sit down every day and do a little bit. I just kind of every now and then put do a little bit of it. So one day I will be super stoked that this came out, and it will have been out for like five years probably. So for everybody that is stoked. You did it, guys. You did it. Yeah, I'll still, I'll still buy it and support the franchise because it's like when I do sit down and read them, they're really good reads. Yeah, and let's be honest, that's what the Phoenix Wright games are—they're good reads. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, new color for the Vita: Aqua Blue coming to GameStop this November. <laughs> so if you um, want an Aqua Blue game Vita, you can do that now. I like how that corn or counts as news. Yeah. I mean, it does actually kind of look all right. It's a little little brighter blue than I expected, but that's more uh, like a sky blue to me. I don't like it <laughs> at all. It's, it's a little too sky blue. The weird thing is that when you click on this story to go to the PlayStation blog, I really like their blue background and like the blue they have for everything else. Yeah. I hate that blue that they <laughs> use for the hey, I don't know why they didn't use that blue unless they've already done it. You know, I don't, know, they I don't prob- remember. Yeah, maybe they did. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's a Vita. Who fucking knows? <laughs> uh, the small new 3DS is coming to North America. Yeah, a little too late. <laughs> is there still a market for, like, that because of faceplates? Yeah, but, like, anyone who would have been a like, person who would have switched over in the first place already did it because they only announced the XLs. Like if that if this had yeah. come out when the uh, the new 3ds XLs did at the same time, I would have bought the small one because I think the faceplate thing's cool, and because I like the size of the smaller ones. Now I've had the the big one for <clears throat> well over half a year at this point, sure. And it's just I've just acclimated to it now. There's just no point going back to a small one. Yeah. Plus, I would have to buy another 3ds, which is a waste of money at this point. Unless you're running a museum of sorts. Oh my god. I'm Yo, sorry. if anyone wants to buy it for this so-called museum, then <laughs> fucking by all means, but I'm not spending my own money on it. It's true. Also, for the museum, every faceplate that's imaginable for it, official, has to be wow. in there. 
One Vita for every phase point. <laughs> We're just getting to astronomical levels of bullshit right now. That's not... Don't buy... Please, as a joke, don't do that. Please. That I would feel so bad. Xbox One Elite console comes with Elite controller. One terabyte solid state drive. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. Sure. I mean, that's kind of the way the other ones have always gone, too. Like, there's always been another version, a bigger version of the other consoles. This is just that, right? Um, here's my question. How, how much is the price difference? Because wasn't that Elite <clears throat> controller supposed to be like 100 bucks or something crazy? Yeah, probably something like that. I'm trying to find out. It is $500 for that. So it's back to full price. Yeah. With a better is that, controller. Is that, is that U.S. or Canadian? This is U.S. So that is like $7,000 Canadian. <laughs> that's that's probably going to be at least 600 If my conversion is correct. Yeah, yeah. that's way more expensive than uh, <clears throat> was with the Kinect at launch. Yeah. But that one terabyte does help if you're not willing to just buy like an external. Maybe buy an external, though. Yeah, Because you could use it for other stuff if, like, your Xbox dies. I guess you could probably rip the one terabyte out of your Xbox, too. I'm guessing it's just, like, uh, a they have, they have No, they have their own stupid proprietary things. It's not as simple. Just slapdash like it is on the PS4. That's, that, the main people, that's the main thing people have issues with with the Xbox One and the 360, is that you yeah. can't just simply remove the drive and put it in a new one. You have to get their proprietary. That is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jackbox Part Pack 2. Party Pack. It should be. Let me change that in the file there. Jackbox Part Pack 2. <laughs> Jackbox Party Pack 2 announced Fibbage 2 so far. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, I guess. Because the Party Pack did well, so, like, of course they're probably going to do this. Why wouldn't they? Just build on what they've already created that people love. I This picture is actually hilarious if you click that link, though, that he put. In fact, I'm going to get an image URL for it and put it in the chat. Because it's just like the one thing they announced <laughs> is there and everything else is pixelated out in the first image. It's so fucking dumb looking. I love it. Like, oh, we can't tell you what else is in here. It's a secret. Yeah. Where was this announced? Was this at PAX Prime? Yeah, it says in the in the uh, title there. Yeah. Yeah, announced at PAX Prime along with Fibbage 2. Yeah. That picture is so funny, though. <laughs> it's so funny. And uh, the Shovel Knight Amiibo was announced. Yeah, and shown off. They uh, had it at their booth. Is it nice? It looks it nice. Looks, it looks pretty nice. I, yeah, I, I definitely want one. I really like Shovel Knight. <laughs> what does it give you again? It gives you co-op, right? Uh, yeah, that's what they were saying for the 3DS and the uh, Wii U ones. Was it for the 3DS it gave you co-op? I thought it was only Wii U it did. I, no, I, th I think it's both because the new 3DS has Amiibo readers. Well, the th new 3DS, I think it gives you challenge modes. Oh, maybe you're right. And I think it was only co-op on the Wii U. Like, you can actually, get the challenge modes on the Wii U as well. That that actually sounds right. Maybe you're right on that. Which is kind of too bad, but whatever. I I mean, I want it. I just I just want it so bad. 
I saw the video that the Game Grumps did for it, and it was a Game Grumps video. Like, of course, that it was exactly what you thought. Yeah. Like, Aaron being I heard, I, goofy. I heard they tried to show the video at the uh, at the event, but it didn't play or something like weird like that. Oh, really? I heard something like that. I wasn't at the actual event, but a friend was, and that's what I, I was told. That's kind of too bad. The Watching the video is hilarious because there's just, like, a... Um, like a break in there for applause. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, that's it for news. I feel like there was probably something else really big that happened this week, but I can't remember it, and I didn't put it in here. I don't remember either, but someone will probably have us covered. Yeah, I'm in the sure. Chat. Oh my god, who wrote that one? The one, yeah. uh, Joey, yeah, or whatever. Uh, I'll pass on B Man's email. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, you know what? How long that was? Yeah, yeah. We'll take that on. I don't fucking care. Good. My throat's still a little shot. So. Mine's not feeling great either. But you know what? We're gonna get through this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so let's move on to questions. Top right. top down perspective at gmail dot com if you want to send anything in or TDP podcasts on Twitter are the best ways. I mean. You could go to facebook.com slash top down perspective, but let's be honest, we're not going to see it. <laughs> like, wow. I know, Sh- I know Sean was trying to like keep an eye on that more. It's really hard to, though, like get what if you send a message on there, if you post something on like the wall or whatever for the Facebook group, we're much more likely to see it. But the message is you, we actually have to sign into it and we don't do that. So that's why <laughs> we don't see those. Uh, Glenn writes in, Hey guys, my childhood N64 has been having startup and freezing issues for as long as I can remember. Recently, I did tons of research to get to, or wait, research and got to work giving the console good cleaning by dismantling it, taking extra care to clean out every dust particle from the contacts in the game slot. Sadly, the system does not work any better than before. I'm at a loss what the issue can be. Onto the question. Have any of you ever opened up a console for any reason? Love, Glenn. I really like the love, Glenn part, by the <laughs> way. That's great. Um, I mean, yeah, I've opened up every console I've had that has broken. <laughs> Myself. Uh, I don't think I've actually opened any of my consoles. I've opened up controllers, but I've never opened up the consoles. Taking apart or putting back together a PS3 controller is shitty. Mm. I hate it. <laughs> I had, to, I had to do that with the PS2 controller that got Coke poured in it. Oh, really? Yeah. They used to make them kind of nice, though, because, like, the top where the L1, R1, L2, R2 are used to be kind of, like, one piece, two pieces that snap together. And with the PS3, because they're triggers now for, like, the <clears throat> L2 and R2, there's a little black piece that's supposed to slide perfectly in after you put in the ones. And then, like, you can put in the back piece, and I always have fumbly problems doing that. I hate it so much. Uh, taking a p- The last thing I took apart was Nathan's Xbox 360, because it was red-ringed. And before that, the my PS3 got the yellow dot of death thing. The, basically the red ring for the PS3. I took that apart and reapplied some, like, of that... um. Oh my god, thermal paste. I forgot the name for it because computers don't even really need that shit anymore. Uh, thermal paste <clears> is <throat> the term, yeah. Yeah. So 
that fixed that back then, but that system's just broken now because it died. <laughs> like, it's just so dead. Um, yeah, I've taken apart every system I've ever owned that has broken to try to repair them or clean them. I've taken apart cartridges, too, to clean them. That's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right. Next one comes us from Joey. says, hey, guys. So while I was listening to the previous episode of the podcast, I heard you guys talking about the idea of more sit-down restaurants putting arcade machines inside of them. Well, I work at a franchise store of a large pizza chain, and we actually did have a couple of arcade machines in our waiting area for a long time. Sitting next to one of those cheapo play-till-you-win crane games was a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 machine, and besides that was a Neo Geo arcade machine with Metal Slug, Sonic Wings 2, Bust-A-Move, and a joystick that only lets you move right. Sometimes on off times, I would play some of the games that uh, there with one of my coworkers, constantly picking the cactus with a sombrero in NBC2 because he was hilarious. Yeah. He was. I don't even remember what that guy's name was. I can't either. He was great. Sadly, the day came to pass when we were forced to get rid of the machines because they weren't making any significant amount of money and only draining our electric bill. In the spot, and that spot lies only the stain on the floor of machines that were sitting in the same spot unmoved for over half a decade. Press F to pay respects. Ironically, there is a local arcade in a nearby town, uh, Yestercades in Red Bank, New Jersey, if you're curious, that makes it makes pretty healthy business from people of all ages, if not for the various consoles from all eras and the Fix-It Felix machine in the corner, you'd swear you're back in the 80s or 90s. The twist with this arcade, though, is that they have all the machines set to free play, and you basically play, pay by the hour to play. In addition to the aforementioned consoles strewn throughout for people to play, everything from the Atari 2600 to the Dreamcast to the Wii U is also there. All that being said, though, do you feel like there's a way for our case to come back in the West if they manage to adapt to the times in similar ways to the one by me? Are there any other ways that you think arcades can adapt aside from turning into barcades or taking up half a movie theater? Also, thank you very much for the microphone suggestions. Oh. Oh, that's this guy. Okay, yeah. Oh. I don't know, man. I I feel like it has to be a combination. I definitely agree. There has to be a reason why you're there anyway, because just having, like, we had an arcade downtown here for a long time in a busy part of our city, and that died. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, people like, it just was don't in, go like, to them. Yeah, it was a super easy to, place to get to, and it just... Like, it was on the main back. train line near a station in the heart of downtown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it died um, bad. And then the one in Eau Claire also died. Yeah. That one was a really good one. I feel like it's funny because I, I think most arcades I see that are still successful have like some other catch, like barcades, like they said. I know there's a place called Round One in Los Angeles that is a bowling alley, karaoke bar, all right, I'm recording bar, then. and an arcade all in one. Hmm. And I think there might be something else I'm forgetting about too, but like it's all those things and that keeps them active i think there might have been like a tennis court or like a basketball hoop or something i don't remember yeah yeah i think you're right um i'm gonna say no (laughs) there's no way they can come back as a standalone product by themselves Oh shit! I just realized how long this next one is again. That's why. That's why I was like, I don't want to do it. Great B man, we love you, but next time, please maybe 
pare it down a little bit. Everybody's going to see why in a second, but here we go. The Great B-Man writes in, Let's try something subversive this week. Rather than a bad gift from my father, how about, and this might surprise you, a good one instead? I know the humor is going to be lacking this time, but I feel it could be worth talking about, so just hear me out, okay? All right, let's do that. Scroll down. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> it was December of 1994. My parents had been divorced for some time now, so much of my initial sadness had washed away. And in its place, I was able to reveal the fact that I can enjoy a luxury very few kids growing up had back then and even today. Multiple consoles. While living predominantly with my mother, I would play the Super NES, but when I went to visit my father, he had instead the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. I got to experience two sides of a big console war and expand my tastes accordingly. But I digress. The holiday season of 94 presented me with a most unusual gift. I noticed a box in place where the Sega console usually resided. I knew the device was still intact since there were cables coming from the back. Whoa, sorry. There was something weird that happened on your screen. There was like oh, a I color. Tur I turned on the lights. So. Oh, there was a, like a color palette change and out of the corner of my eye. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I noticed how dark it was getting in here. So I just turned on the room light. So now we've got shitty lighting again. All right, fair enough. Uh, okay, I knew the device was still intact since there were cables coming from the back, so whatever was hiding here was definitely still very much linked to the console. For the average reader slash listener, I'm sure the immediate thought is coming to mind. It's one of Sega's infamous add-ons for the console, like the 32X or the CD. If that's the case, pat yourselves on the back because you're kind of correct. However, it is probably not a device many are actually familiar with. Upon opening the box, I was greeted by something far more engaging and entertaining. The Sega Channel. <laughs> Ooh. The Sega channel is so good. To describe this as quickly as I can to those unfamiliar with the device, it was basically a streaming service for video games long before there was even an official streaming service of, well, anything. It would connect to the cartridge slot like any other Sega game, but it had an additional wire on the back that connected directly to your cable outlet. Using whatever cable TV provider you had, you could connect to the service and download one of 50 different games rotating and changing every month. Downloads, downloads took several minutes, but when done, the full game was there and ready to play, no strings attached. My young mind was absolutely blown away by this idea, and it remains probably the coolest gift my father has ever given me. Well, next to getting a car, despite not having a license, but that's a story for another day. Oh, Jesus Christ. This guy has, like, all the stories. Mm. I need to know about this car, by the way, B-Man, so just a hint. <clears throat> The advantage was obvious. I no longer had to go to any sort of retail chain to purchase a game, nor rental store like Blockbuster or Jumbo Video. How oh, ma man. <laughs> yeah. Jumbo Video. I know, right? Let's see how many Canadian listeners remember that store. Free popcorn for the win. Yeah. That was the best part, easily. Yeah. That was actually the only reason to go. <laughs> <laughs> New, game, <clears throat> new games to play were available right at my fingertips. You can navigate the menu using the controller and surf through categories, more benefiting of an actual television network rather than a video game company, with things such as sports, fantasy, sci-fi, and even young children as, as examples of genres. I was able to try out titles I would never even have considered, some of which had us ending up purchasing a retail copy later down the line so we could play it forever, such as the console version of Bullfrog Productions Theme Park, a favorite with every member of my family. Of course, it wasn't without its drawbacks. At $15 a month with a $25 activation fee, 
The service was seen as fairly expensive at the time. For those who think that doesn't seem too bad, keep this in mind. This was back uh, during a time when gas cost about $1.10 a gallon, 60 cents a liter. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, what would 15 bucks a month been equivalent to us? Maybe closer to, like, 60 He's got it like written down here too. Like inflation wise, that's more about twenty twenty five a month. Oh yeah, twenty twenty five a month with a fifty dollar activation fee. That's yeah. I think it would be more than twenty five dollars a month. I think it would be too. It would probably be thirty at least. At least it would probably it would probably it'd be, be double. It'd be closer to forty, I think. Is like yeah, inflation. Anyway, um, and since it connected via cable outlet, it. Also interfered with television, so if you wanted to download a different game, you best do it when nobody wanted to watch TV. Once the game was downloaded, you can unhook the device from the outlet and they could watch TV just fine. Games with saved da uh, data was also deemed unreliable and would delete after a day or two. So big RPGs like Fantasy Star were out of the question. But the most obvious flaw was the timing of the service. Having been officially launched in December of 94, this meant that in just five short months, the successor to the Mega Drive, the Saturn, would launch North America. While my father never jumped on the next console that quickly, the fact that Sega was ready to move away from the new console meant that this service was essentially being sent to its doom, or to the new console, rather, meant that the service was being sent to its doom. The Sony PlayStation also being released in 95 in North America doesn't help with matters either. 3D gaming was a new hotness, and the Mega Drive couldn't do that. On July 98, the service was finally put to rest, lasting only three and a half years and peaking at 250,000 subscribers. That's really high. I thought it was that's way still, less. That's pretty good for a service back then. I th I thought it was way less <laughs> than that, to be honest. Uh, nevertheless, I've been thinking a lot about it and how it was ahead of its time. The internet, as we know today, was just barely getting started, so the very notion of having something come straight to you in the comfort of your home was incredibly marvelous was incredibly marvel and innovative to the average consumers. How do you guys feel about this little piece of history? Could there be a service future for a service similar to this one? Do we already have that in the form of... Yeah, you kind of answered it here. Do yeah. we already have in the form of PlayStation now? We do, but it's not nearly as affordable. Oh, you have, to pay, no. you have to pay per game on top of the fee you pay to actually have internet connection on your PlayStation to begin with. Yeah, see, Villain is even saying, I think that was more like $40. The early mm. 90s. Shit was, exp like, money was actually worth something at one time. Especially, like, being Canadian in our economy now, it's hard to remember that you could get really far with 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I miss those days. Yeah, we grew up in the wrong time period. But then again, <laughs> our paychecks at that time would have been, like... 80 bucks <laughs> yeah like for a part-time job as a kid so that was like one game <laughs> i guess yeah anyways um yeah i had the sega channel and it was did so you? good i did that's how i played most of my like random games where when like sometimes i still get the thing where it's like hey remember this game it's like yeah i played it and people are like what <laughs> the games that nobody remembers that's how I played them was because when you had nothing to do on the weekend and you had the Sega channel, you had every game at your fingertips, basically. Although I played a lot of Beavis and Butthead. I really liked that game on that <laughs> Why? system. I don't know. 
I had no fuck like that game's stupid. It's kind of like a puzzle game too. Maybe that's why. I kind of liked puzzle games back then, like chess. I played a lot of chess on the Sega channel. I definitely wouldn't compare chess to Beavis and Butthead, I'll tell you that much. Probably right. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's played that game within the past couple of years, I can confirm that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Sega Channel was great though. He is totally right. It had it did have its problems where they basically shouldn't have had an RPG category because those games were too big to download right away anyway, and it would delete after one day, basically. The, like, save data or whatever it was. So, yeah, man, <laughs> that was brutal. I ne That's why I never played a lot of RP. I don't even know, like, a lot of RPGs that were good on the Genesis because of that reason. There, there weren't even that many, though. There was the yeah. Fantasy Stars and, mm -hmm. like, the... Uh, what are the strategy ones? Shining Force, the Shining Force games. Shining Force, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then I there mean, was like weird, random ones, like sort of a million. I mean, like you could totally get those games if they were offered and play for like a few hours and try it out, but that's not what you wanted to do. What you wanted to do was download Comic Zone and play that a whole bunch because, like, it didn't matter how far Comic Zone was that. pretty good, though. Comic Zone was pretty good. Or Vector Man. Vector Man was yeah, another one. Yeah, good choices. Yeah. It had some good stuff on it, like actual legitimate games. It didn't just and then, have... Then there were the ones you could only get on that service, like the Wily Wars. Mega Man the Wily Wars? Yeah. Yeah, that was only a... Uh... A Sega Channel game. Oh, yeah, you're like, right. I think there's, like, maybe two or three only Sega Channel games, and that's the best known of them. Yeah, no, you're right, because they actually released that as a, like, hack you can buy yeah. later. Now, now you can get homebrew hacks. A homebrew of it. That's right, yeah. I forgot all about that one. Huh. I never played it at the time, though. Anyway, uh, yeah, Sega Channel was great, and... There is absolutely a way that this could happen these days, but it will not because people are greedy. And yeah. if they can get $60 out of you, they're not going to give you a game for a $15 subscription fee. Yeah, Nintendo and Sony are in the best positions for it, and neither one will do it because they just make too much per game. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, PlayStation Now is the closest you will get, though. Like, subscribe to Sony, and they will throw you a bone, basically. And they've been doing decent at it. I think it's a like as far as alternatives to this type of thing, that's the closest thing that does it well. I think. I don't. I think games with gold or whatever is fucking terrible. Like they've released such bad shit for that. But whatever. Um, alternative question: What other things, hardware, software, would you consider to be ahead of its time? The Game Gear, besides the battery life. Yeah. Um, on the similar vein from like the Sega Channel, the Satellaview, Nintendo's equivalent of download service. Mm -hmm. I never used that though myself. I can't talk. Well, to it was it. it was Japan only, so that's why. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of what else. I, I don't even want to say the Virtual Boy because it really wasn't. You mean Oculus Rift version one? <laughs> exactly, version point one. You mean? Oh man! I, else. I tried one of those in like a Kmart, and I thought oh, I was man. I thought I was going blind. Yeah, like, I remember playing. Someone brought theirs to the university one day, 
And I remember trying to play like Wario Land. That Wario Land game on there is actually pretty pretty good. Okay. But uh, playing it like that sucks. So it sucks that like the best the best game on that system is probably that Wario Land game, and there's never been any other way to play it besides emulating it, which I don't even remember where Virtual Boy emulation's at because it's got to be like the lowest priority. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, the Dreamcast. Somebody's saying. I feel like the Dreamcast did some good stuff. Yeah, I mean that was the first console I remember properly doing online, even though the Saturn had it. Oh, because yeah. they were like. Yeah, because you could play Daytona USA Championship Edition online if you had the right version. Yeah. On the Saturn. Oh, man, Dreamcast made so many strides for things, and then it just got shit on. And then every other console just picked up the slack. <clears throat> Steam was hugely ahead of its time, offering a storefront for games. It, like that, that started off with, like, we're Valve. We want you to buy our games. You can buy them all here. And then other companies being like, hey, this is kind of cool. You want to sell our shit too? Like, that was really big at that time. Yeah. Even though people hated it at first. Oh, yeah. I remember that too. Because I played uh, Counter Strike when that shit like, came out. It's like, what do you mean I need this fucking program? <laughs> you know what? It was actually very similar to how people feel about Origin <laughs> and like Ubisoft's Uplay and stuff. But it's worse now because there is actually one place people can just get all this stuff so they're mad they're even more mad that there's competition for it now but uh that's a whole different thing for a whole different day all right what do we got left on the question list we've got two more one comes to us from henry if you were to be fultoned willing or willfully accepting of your new job at big boss's mother base what role would you fit most Research and development, probably, because I don't want to die. <laughs> Cardboard box management? That's exactly what it is. Research and development. <laughs> you, you, make, you find out how to make a cardboard box and send it to them. So, yeah, that, because that would be fun. I probably wouldn't be the best suited to it, because I am not a scientist, but, you know. Eh, why not? Yeah. Uh, Video Shinobi, last question. Hey, it's Video Shinobi here, and my question is this. How do you feel about physics-based RPG strategy games like Monster Strike? <laughs> I can't remember if this was brought up on the podcast or someone else, but somewhere else it's got me hooked. It was actually brought up by Total Biscuit on the co-optional podcast about two or three weeks ago. That's where I heard about it anyway. Is he playing it? Uh, he played it. I don't know if he is. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was talking about it a little bit. And I was just like, monster balls, I'm in. And yeah, it's real fun. The physics. The physics. Um, Physics-based RPG strategy games, that's such a weird genre. To, like, that's so specific. I don't really know how to feel about it, but I like Monster Strike. So I'm going to say I'm for them. But what's your opinion on physics-based anything? I haven't anything? played them. What about well, like I'll pool? Say, Think pool. It's basically like that. I like pool. I'm okay. down with that. <laughs> okay. I I like pool. I'm down with that. John 2015. <laughs> Write it on the box. Yeah. I think that does it for this week though. Yeah, kind of a shorter one. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. I love how we had three pages of questions, but like one and a half were just B Man's question. I love every time he writes in. He has good stories. He I gotta has give some him good that. stories. 
if possible, please take a full paragraph. Like, this was one paragraph too long, maybe. <laughs> because it's taken up an actual page and a half in our document <laughs> by itself. But I do, we appreciate it. I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm going to say that Sean appreciates it as well. Um, I feel like there was something else to discuss, but I don't remember it, so it's totally not important. Nothing's coming to mind for oh, me either. Somebody Oop. made a bingo card. So, Oh, yeah. Wasn't that Konigami? I think you're right. I'm just going to quickly look up our... It was Konigami, yes. So, if people want, they can do that at some point. Kind of ridiculous. <laughs> this is so dumb. Like the it's, dumb things. It's we funny do. how dis- it's so distilled of like the dumb things that happen on pretty much every podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it really is. Resident Evil is mentioned somewhere, but I don't mention it that much. Come on, guys. I like that game. I, lo- I love how one of them is John's still playing Pokemon Shuffle and Pacross. <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> no one stops the Pacross Shuffle train. I love the Sean talks about how much he hates Hyrule Warriors or Codename Steam. <laughs> uh, um, I- oh, right. What's your game of the week? Um, you have I like mean, two I- written here, so. Yeah, I-, I guess I'll say Mirror's Edge. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go with Mad Max. That hurts to say. <laughs> so bad. On the same week that Metal Gear Solid 5 came out. Amazing. It, You're like one of the few people saying that too. Probably. It hurts so much. It's just that Mad Max gave me the experience I actually really wanted and I didn't know I wanted. Whereas Metal Gear is giving me the experience that, I, or like a distilled version of, the experience I want, but not fully. Like, I don't know. God, that hurts. I feel dirty now. We gotta go. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Ooh, I won't be on, though. Oh, John won't be on next week.